0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome to today's program, Alison Fowler, who is Senior Director of Planning at Lamasoft. And today we're going to talk about a new approach to supply chain planning, how to address the white spaces in traditional planning processes. Now, one of the things that I've been talking about and writing about, uh, you know, over the past few uh, years is how the clock speeds of, you know, companies across all industries are, are accelerating. And how companies are struggling to realign their, you know, their processes, their organizational structures, and their technology to keep up with this rapid pace of change. And, and this is certainly true with, you know, supply chain planning, where the uh, the complexity of the planning problems are are only increasing, uh, and the, uh, you know, the time horizons and the frequency that companies have, you know, they have to do these planning processes on a much more frequent basis, uh, is also, you know, part of the challenge. So. So, what's the way forward with supply chain planning? Well, that's kind of the the core question we're going to address in, in today's episode, and it's it's great to have Allison on the program, who's uh, on the front lines of this uh, there in her role at uh, Lamasoft. Uh, so, certainly look forward to uh, her uh, insights and, and perspective on on what's happening in this market. So, uh, Allison, welcome to the program.
1: Yes, thanks. Thanks for having me here, Adrian.
0: Well, Allison, uh, we've had many of your colleagues at Lamasoft here on uh, talking logistics, but you're the first. You know, this is your first time on the program, and like I always like to do whenever uh, someone uh, new comes on the program, I, I always just like to get a little bit of a sense of, you know, how and why they got into this industry to begin with. So why don't you, you know, briefly tell us a little bit about your, your career path, uh, how and why you got involved with in supply chain logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Lamasoft.
1: Yeah. So I started my first journey into supply chain uh, actually during undergrad, I was doing a, a senior design project for my engineering school with a food bank in uh, the North Texas Food Bank in Dallas. And we uh, were looking at streamlining and, and scheduling the pickups of the agencies that were coming to get food from the food bank. And we were also looking at warehouse design for them. So how to just optimize their warehouse design, optimize their, their pickups in order to get the most of the time uh, in the space in the warehouse. And uh, that was really my first entry into uh, supply chain and logistics. I was studying, I went on to study my, uh, get my master's in operations research. And throughout that time, I started to, uh, I started an internship with Frito-Lay there in, in Plano, uh, in Texas. And when I started to realize how impactful supply chain, I mean, everything in your home, everything, when you go eat and in a restaurant, every, I mean, just everything you touch in your world, as we all know in the supply chain world is, is, uh, has been driven by a supply chain to get there to you. And so I just started to realize the impact of that and uh, you know, worked at Frito-Lay for a number of years doing network design there actually um, with Frito-Lay North America. And then I moved on to a consulting, uh, internal consulting team, basically a center of excellence at PepsiCo and PepsiCo Global doing um, supply chain design work across Latin America and other countries throughout the world. Uh, for PepsiCo across different business units there, looking at mergers and acquisitions and um, manufacturing capacity planning type stuff. Uh, Then um, came to LamaSoft about five years ago and have done uh, a number of things here, really wanted to expand my horizon beyond just the food supply chain, Um, you know, working in oil and gas, uh, tires, lots of different manufacturing companies, not just food, um, and then uh, now, most recently, I am working um, as the senior director of Planning by Design here uh, in our customer success team. So today, I'm really all about trying to take our customers along this journey of you know using, as we're going to talk today, using the design technologies and, and applying them in this planning space.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great that, that, that's a great journey that you, that you've taken there. You know, starting with undergrad and then you know being in the front lines there with Frito Lay and, and Pepsi, and now kind of more on the. The te- technology, you know, and, and consulting realm. So certainly a, a good, a, a good perspective there. And you've seen kind of how this ho- whole thing has evolved over the past, uh, you know, past few years. So 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 let's start, you know, by talking about the, the traditional supply chain, you know, planning process, which obviously was, you know, part of uh, w- what you've been involved with as part of your career. I mean, which has always been challenging, but it is arguably even more challenging, you know, today due to all the volatility in, in the market. I mean but what are some of the challenges that or limitations that companies are coming up against today and and how are they currently addressing those challenges?
1: Yeah. So I think when we talk to customers about uh, their planning systems and how they're, they're using their planning systems, it all comes down to kind of the rigidity of those planning systems. And, you know, they've been stuck in a world of heuristics for a long time um, and, you know, using those heuristics just isn't cutting it anymore in in their planning system. So what I mean by that is, you know, we we find companies more and more saying, you know, my planning system is solving the problem that it was put in place to solve, um, but it's not really answering the questions and solving the problems that I have today. Um, So when you think about just the ever-increasing changes between customer demands, supplier demands, regulations at every node in your supply chain, Um, you know, they have planning systems that can solve the decisions at each node, but having something that's really holistically looking at, you know, all of those options and on a week-to-week or day-to-day basis, being able to optimize those options is not really built into the way that the planning systems are are built today. Um, And so that's one of the things, I mean, kind of, you know, getting out of this, the, the, the being stuck in a world of heuristics and, um, you know, this rigidity, as well as with the rigidity, they aren't allowed to run a lot of scenarios or it's difficult to run a lot of scenarios. So what we find is our customers are starting to, you know, or for a while (laughs) have been uh, creating the scenarios kind of one-off external to the planning system. They have a number of spreadsheets. They have subject matter experts that can weigh in on this. But when you start to think about the massive amount of data that's needed to, to make these decisions and all the different options, you know, again, the, the, the inability to use optimization and then the, the uh, inability to run scenarios in a really collaborative way outside of just a spreadsheet um, has been difficult for, for customers that are trying to solve those, those planning problems.
0: Yeah. no, I, I, I see and hear the same thing from, from the companies that, that, that I talk to. I mean, going back to the comments I made in, in my opening comments, I mean, you know the, the the rate of change is accelerating so much, and the types of problems that they're looking to solve, right? Oh, the pro the, the planning processes that they're that they've traditionally dealt with is so different than than what they face today. You know, even when things like obviously the, all the buzz around you know e commerce as an example and multi channel distribution, um, you know they're getting more uh, uh, stringent requirements from their customers, and set, you know they don't they want to hold less inventory, of the customers they want more frequent shipments or they want to be able to order in a more dynamic way, you know, which is adding complications to the, uh, you know, the planning process. And I, exactly what I, what you just said is what I see as well, you know, where they say, you know, our, our tools really, you know, just weren't aligned with kind of this way of, of working and this way, of, these types of problems that we're dealing with. And so they find themselves, you know, falling back on, on what I always talk about as the most popular uh, supply chain tool on the, on the planet, which is Excel, right? And, and using Excel... Uh, to kind of fill in some of those white spaces or get some of those things done that they need to get done. Uh, But I think the the challenge to your point is a lot of times you have to collaborate. You have to, you know, share data and information. You have to, you know, you need multiple uh, voices involved in the process. It's just very difficult to do that with an Excel spreadsheet, right? Yeah, right.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: So, So now, I mean, one of the trends that I've seen kind of related to this is that, you know, over the past few years is that, you know, as companies have started to, you know, treat, you know, they've started to treat supply chain, um, um, you know, design as a continuous business process, right? As, as opposed to this, you know, once a year or, or you know, exercise or, or a project-based type of thing. It's, it's really, be, supply chain design has really become over the past few years for a lot of companies, a, a continuous business process. But, but as that's happened, it's kind of blurring the lines between design and, and, and planning. I, I mean, do, do you see that happening in, in the companies that you w- work with? And, and what impact is that having on kind of organizational structures and, and kind of the technology needs?
1: yeah so I've seen that um, even with my colleagues that are that are still at, at my previous company and then with all the customers I've worked with with Lomasoft. So what we saw is you know earlier in in the space of supply chain design, people would you know employ a technology or deploy a technology or you know get a consulting company even to come in and do a network design project and what we've seen is a trend more from these projects, and this has been over even more the last five years really. As you know, instead of just doing a project that was looking at my network structure, my network structure, or, you know, big long term massive capital decisions, which people are still using design technology to do that. But what we saw is moving from that to a a more ongoing product or a more ongoing cadence of decision making with these technologies. So, for instance, um, you know, we saw companies start using, they were doing manufacturing strategy, long five, 10 year term manufacturing strategy uh, with, you know, annual based models and things like that. And then they, they started to realize, well, hey, can I use this same optimization technology to solve this on a monthly basis or on a weekly basis? And more and more, we have a lot of customers doing that. And, you know, so they're they're using that design, network optimization, inventory optimization um, and transportation optimization as well as simulation to answer all of those questions monthly, weekly. Um, and what that's done is really created not just a, you know, one or two users of this desktop technology, but... Uh, now they're, they're moving to, you know, a center of excellence, a group of people that are continually answering those questions. And as they deliver value, of course, the, the, uh, the organization and the company around them starts asking them more and more questions, which means you need a bigger team and you need, um, technology to your point, you know, different technology to help you solve those questions. And so around the technology side, you know, um, we, we've seen companies looking at, you know, how can I make this repeatable? How, what is the technology to enable me to make this repeatable? How can I then share it out with the different stakeholders? So again, getting outside of your one spreadsheet or just even your one supply chain design model um, and saying, okay, now I need more stakeholders to weigh in on these decisions. And I want them to even be able to run their own scenarios. So what's, what's really enabled that is cloud technology, being able to solve, you know, hundreds of scenarios in the cloud, being able to automate uh, the data side of things and, and really bring that entire you know, process as something that's just very repeatable and very del- delivers a lot of value to the organizations that have these types of centers of excellence.
0: Yeah, no, that, 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 that's a great point. I mean, I, I've seen the rise of, of center of excellence you know, growing you know, over the past few years as well. And, 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 and you're right. I mean, I think that this whole process has become so much more collaborative um, and, and broader than just that one designer sitting in front of a desktop computer doing, you know, models. This has truly, truly become as it's become a continuous business process. Really become a, a team oriented, multi-stakeholder oriented business process. Where now, from a technology standpoint, you know, how do you enable that? Right? How do you provide the capability for uh, for multiple people to really weigh in and 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 um, influence or help work on you, you know the question at hand? Um, you, you know what what I attended your Lamasoff's user conference, you know, this this past June and you know one of the new concepts that was uh, being discussed was, you know, planning by design and, and which was described as building blocks to improve your current planning capabilities through design technology. So what does that mean exactly and and how is it enabled?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so um, what we've basically done is, again, like we've been talking about, as our customers started pushing the, the supply chain design technology, again, the, the network optimization, inventory, transportation, and simulation, as they started taking those um, you know, algorithms and those techniques to solve these planning questions on a more frequent basis, we started calling that planning by design. So they're solving planning problems by using design technology. And so what we found is, you know, the, the, the best way I like to start to kind of help people as an analogy, kind of think about it is, you know, you used to have, um, think about when, you, when you're driving somewhere. So drive, you, when you used to drive somewhere, you relied on somebody to give you directions to get there, right? So you had kind of your SME, you had a, a subject matter expert that told you how to get there. Um, then you know you also probably had a map or you used one or the other, or both sometimes you know someone told you how to get there, used a map, just a concrete, static thing in your hand that didn 't give you a lot of intelligence other than just the footprint in front of you um, but now you have these navigation apps we all have one we we don't even think about where we're going when we get in the car. And, and, you know, if you're going somewhere new, you don't even have to worry about it before you get in the car. You just put it into your into your navigation app. And so those apps are not only giving you varying options or kind of optimal paths, right? They're the different optimal paths to get where you're going. But they're also using intelligence beyond that, like traffic Information or you know something's changed along your route, just like in our supply chain. You know something's changed, and now I'm going to reoptimize for you and, and and deliver a different plan to get there. Um, and so we've really become very you know trustworthy of these of these apps, and they've really um, you know enabled us as the the driver. And so that's kind of how we think about planning by design. Is it's a way to give you more of this optimization technology that we've been talking about. You know optimization and simulation. Into the hands of your planners that can then make better decisions and more rapid decisions and as surroundings change you know be able to react to those and the technology not you, instead of having to go out and you know call your friend or build an Excel spreadsheet and figure out how to how to get to where you're going now the technology is just telling you before you even ask the question sometimes right so the optimization is telling you the answer before you even before you even ask the question so with with Planning by Design, you know, the ability to take those techniques and deliver them and the decision-making power into the hands of the planner, that's that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I found interesting was uh, there at the conference, you know, we, we talked about how historically, you know, folks have kind of addressed those white spaces by putting together Excel spreadsheets or, you know, other kind of non-scalable, you know, poorly... Uh, uh, you know, not, non, non uh, uh, you know, you know, poorly, uh, uh, being able to collaborate, you know, uh, with, with those kind of methods and being able to actually build an app. Right. Uh, I thought that was kind of the interesting thing is where that's kind of another trend happening in the technology space where you're, you're now enabling the, the folks in the front lines to actually, you know, develop, uh, you know, applications through very simple, you know, tools. You don't have to be, uh, you know, a PhD in computer science or, or a software developer, uh, you know, kind of leveraging kind of the simple the, the kind of the t- the tools that we use in our everyday lives, kind of being able to download an app or I know, you know, just with even talking logistics, we use, uh, we use WordPress as our Word, uh, engine and it's very easy to configure the, the website. It's very easy to download a, a, an applet to enable some new functionality. And that seemed to be part of, from a technology standpoint, part of the, the, the path forward is being able to empower the end users of this to move away from spreadsheets and actually develop, uh, you know, through easy-to-configure, you know, tools, kind of create their own apps that are now more scalable, more easily uh, able to share with, with colleagues and so forth, right?
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's what Plain by Design is for us. They're able to, uh, the user themselves, you know, is able to build this app that um, creates a, 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 an environment for their planners in the, in the way that they want to look at it, right? So they're able to configure, um, you know, uh, the screen the way they want the screen to work. They're able to configure the user experience when they click on a different button or a different screen, or they can do aggregation, disaggregation, you know, the way they want to look at their data. Um, and then, you know, they can call on what we call events, that are you're able to go and use all of those those design engines like I mentioned so all of the the different technologies behind the scenes now you're able to frame up this nice packaged app uh, for the user to make those decisions
0: yeah I know we've certainly come a long way in, in the uh, overall software industry and particularly enterprise software uh, industry and in particular you know with this whole supply chain design and, and slash planning now you know if you went back not too long ago, but certainly if you went back 10 years ago in, in the area of supply chain design, you, you know, I think most people would have said you, know, you needed a, uh, a master's or a PhD in operations research you know, to, to be able to even just use one of those tools, which is why a lot of companies kind of employed consultants and those that kind of had that more expertise. And kind of fast forward to today, and now you, we're talking about apps and, you know, e- you know, a- and easy-to-configure tools that are at the fingertips of, of, the, of the users in the front lines and i think that's a you know broader trend that you're seeing you know across the enterprise software space is making you know these tools easier to use easier to configure and really empowering the uh, the end user to kind of uh, do what they need to do to get their job done day in and day out
1: yeah it's really amazing when we've gone in and and done our uh some of our prototyping and with our beta customers with this technology um what we've seen is just how rapidly they're able to build these apps. I mean, it is, it's is—it's a tool for a business user. And, um, you know, we go in and, and they're able to just really, once you have that vision of what you want the end user to be able to do, I mean, configuring the app and building it is, is very quick. And the other value, uh, valuable thing we see is that when you think about these your, your planning systems today, when, when you have something you want to change, again, back to their, just their, are these heavy, rigid systems that serve the purpose they were, you know, originally implemented to do, but now you have a changing dynamic, uh, and, and you want to enhance that system. It can take a really long time and, and, you know, and you might not even, you might have to compromise on some of the things that you're looking to do. And so what we're seeing with planning by design is it's this layer on top of that planning system to be able to go answer these questions really rapidly and really, you know, uh, and, and really fast to, to get your answers for your, for your planners. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just this, this layer on top and and it's really amazing to see how quickly it can get the answers for the customers.
0: Yeah. So, so build, building off off of that, I mean, can, can you share with us some examples of, of how companies are are kind of using this approach to, kind of address those white spaces in in the current supply chain planning, you know, application processes, And then, again, what what benefits are they achieving?
1: Yeah, so we have um, a large percentage of customers that are already doing what we're calling planning by design. So, um, And before, you know, we didn't even really call it that. In the last couple of years, we've started saying, hey, you're using, you know, network optimization to solve production capacity planning on a weekly basis that's planning by design, you know? And so a lot of it's just been us calling our customers and understanding all the different ways they're using our technology. So I'd say, you know, capacity planning, whether that's production or distribution capacity planning uh, is one way that we see customers uh, using, you know, optimization a lot um, in in developing these solutions that are monthly or weekly, really supporting the um, end-to-end SNOP decision-making process. So we have companies that look at supply demand balancing, um, in, in our network optimization technology. Um, we also are, are seeing, uh, any, anywhere, you know, inventory optimization was something that, you know, a lot of our customers are using. And instead of, um, a lot of times people are doing that in Excel spreadsheets, right? So they're setting their policies and even their inventory targets and then uh, plugging them back into a uh, you know, planning system or a system of record to go execute to. Well, our customers are using our multi-echelon echelon inventory optimization um, to solve that problem, uh, You know, not just annually anymore, but monthly or quarterly, or depending on how frequent it for their supply chain, it makes sense. And so now they're starting to take those inventory targets and run them very frequently and implement those back into their, their systems of record to go execute against. Um, and that's a, a massive, you know, area for a lot of companies. And even with the simulation technologies, um, on top of that, being able to simulate and, and help people understand, hey, if I'm going to reduce my inventory target, uh, people start to get worried about service, right? So being able to go then simulate that and make sure that, you know, you're, you're still going to meet your service targets and um, with all the different variability in your supply chain, still, still hit those. Uh, The other one we've had recently a customer built an app to do uh, transportation route planning. So we had a customer using our uh, transportation optimization uh, engine to uh, do routes from the DC to the store. And so they were, it's a retail uh, customer and and they're using it, uh, you know, daily to run these routes. And so now um, they are, they're able to, they built an app and they're able to use that app uh, at, the, at the DC and the person at the DC is enabled to go run these routes, run scenarios, make decisions on the routes on a daily basis. So um, really it's, it's, again, our customers have been doing it for, for quite some time. Um, but uh, now we're seeing with the ability to deploy these apps and get the decisions out in the hands of the customer, they're just able to answer more and more questions. And I will say the other thing is, you know, even some of our, our apps and with our beta customers have been, um, have been very uh, just, hey, what's your unresolved planning problem, right? So what is that thing that bothers you? And so it's, it's sometimes it's, um, it's hard to put a box around it, right? There's so many different solutions that we've been seeing our customers come up with. And it's, uh, it's, really, it's really inspiring and, and kind of uh, up to the imagination, you know, on what is that unresolved planning problem? Um, that you're trying to solve
0: right, right yeah i I generally refer to it as those white spaces because I think you know at the at the end of the day you know um, you know pe- people have all sorts of applications that that you know are getting the job done in, in, in certain areas but then there's just so those pockets of processes or decision making that you know the, the the tool doesn't exist right or they have to now kludge together information from here and here and here and and right now I, to me it's like the perfect uh, uh, test is if, if, you, if you have to kind of create an Excel spreadsheet to do something because application A and application B and application C can't do it uh, and you have to kind of, you know, figure out how to get your own process there, I think that screams to, you know, for, you know, some, an opportunity where you can, um, you know, develop something to help facilitate that, that white space. Um, you know, Allison, we're running short on time here, so uh, probably just as a way to uh, wrap up, I mean, I mean, what questions should companies ask you know, themselves to to cut, to assess whether they're, you know, ahead of the curve or or behind the curve, you know, when it comes to bridging that gap between, you know, supply chain design and planning.
1: Yeah. um, I think if if you are, uh, you know, if you're looking for something or you're you're finding yourself again, relying on heuristics to solve decisions that are more and more complex. So if you're finding that there's a lot of complex trade-offs between, uh, you know, things like, your inventory uh, versus your production plan versus your customer service levels, um, and so those complex trade-offs that you're looking at. Um, if you're feeling like you you don't have a really true you know way to solve those and look at all of them at once, so you're looking at them in silos, um, or you again um, you know you're you just think that you need more of that optimization, um, and you're wanting to run scenarios. So if you're running scenarios in those spreadsheets or you're running um, you know, different analysis and spreadsheets. I think that's the biggest thing we've both been saying here, right? So if you have many spreadsheets and, and many one-off uh, kind of analysis that are going on around the company, and you want something that is, you know, one center place for all of your stakeholders to be able to run scenarios, understand those outputs, and use, you know, the more advanced technologies around optimization and simulation, then that's, that's something for you to start thinking about.
0: Yeah. Great, great. Well, I think, you know, like, like I said, you know, the, the, the pace of change is only going to continue to accelerate. So so I'm sure that, um, you know, the, the way forward here is going to continue to evolve and, and change and, and, and shift. And, um, you know, certainly that's going to be true in, in supply chain planning and, and design. And uh, I know we'll continue to see those lines continue to blur, you know, uh, moving forward here. So uh, Allison, like, like I always say at the end of all our episodes, we, we always just manage to scratch the surface on on these topics, but I think you, you provide some great insight and, and thoughts and, and advice, uh, you know, with regards to how to bridge that gap. So th- thank you for making the time to be with us today.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: And uh, I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Llamasoft website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Allison, uh, you can post it there. And I'm sure that she will be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.